Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Today, we are talking about worry. I have had this on my mind for quite some time, not only because it comes up with almost all of my clients, whether it is worry about achieving goals or worry about circumstances in life, oftentimes both, but also because what I have found to be true for me is that the bigger my dreams, the bigger my goals The bigger the thing that I'm working on, the bigger the fears I face. The greater the worry that comes up naturally in my thinking. And to let that go unchecked is basically to consent to be miserable. Or if not miserable, certainly far less happy than you could be. When I recognize that I'm feeling a way I don't want to feel, I try really hard to do something about it. And sometimes I can kind of be left to my own devices and figure it out. Other times I turn to somebody that I know who might have some words of wisdom for me. And one of the reasons that I do that, and I probably shared this with you guys before, number one, other people tend to be able to see our circumstances more clearly, more objectively, less emotionally. And I find that really valuable. Number two, when I go to somebody for help or support, I'm making it easier for them to be able to come to me for support or for advice. And I really want that. I happen to have a lot of people in my life, myself included, who are very independent. And we kind of generally feel like we can figure it out. We don't need to bother somebody. But I don't ever want anybody in my life to feel like they're bothering me if and when they come to me and ask for help or ask for input or just need to talk something through. And one of the ways that I can make that happen is going to them when I'm in similar moments, which then says, hey, this is okay because she came to me. I can go to her. What happened, oh, last month sometime, it was, it was right around the holidays, a little bit before the holidays. I reached out to a friend of mine and I said, I know you've been through similar things with big change in business as well as a home renovation and this person has had multiple children and I said it feels like all of these big huge things are happening at once and I trust in my ability to create my results while at the same time much of what is going on right now feels completely out of my control and I don't like that and I find myself worrying more than I want to worry. And while I can shift out of that perspective, to be honest, I could really use a little bit of help. 
So we got on the phone and I kind of told her what was going on and she gave me such good advice. One of the things I was taking notes as I was talking to her and one of the things she said is, now is not the time to be conservative. She said, you're doing big things. These goals and these dreams that you have, they're a gift. Not everybody dreams big. Not everybody wants to improve their life. So the fact that you have that desire, that is a gift. And when you have those periods of life, because not every period of life is a period of growth or a period of push or a period of big achievement, but some are. We create those. She said, when you're in those periods, now is not the time to be conservative. Now is not the time to be conservative. And we've talked about this before here on the podcast, especially as it relates to 2020 being a year of action. Not a year of learning, not a year of hoping, certainly not a year of worrying, but a year of action. And I want to talk today about overcoming fixations on the past, those accumulated yesterdays, as well as developing some tools, creating a practice for overcoming the fearful tomorrows. Well, what if this happens? What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? What if I can't do it? What if I don't do it? What if this goes wrong? That's what I want to talk about today. There is a quote from Bernard Shaw that says, if you teach a man anything, he will never learn. If you teach a man anything, he will never learn. And what that means to me is that we have to learn by doing. We can increase our understanding if somebody teaches us something, but we haven't truly learned until we've made it our own through practice, through application, through choosing. So as we talk about this today, I want you to really think about where and how and in what topics or situations in your life you can apply a practice of overcoming those accumulated yesterdays and those fearful tomorrows. I see this everywhere. Just yesterday, I was on the phone with one of my teammates in my other business, and she had these big goals for the week, and she said, I know, I just haven't done it because I guess I feel kind of afraid. I feel kind of nervous. Fear, worry, something other than the moment you're in can hold you back as a matter of course, as a matter of pattern, is just a, a standard operating procedure if you do not develop a practice of overcoming this worry. While I was on the phone with my friend that I was talking about a few minutes ago, she said years ago, a book that really helped her was How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie. The subtitle is Time-Tested Methods for Conquering Worry. And it's so funny because as she said that, I walked over to my bookshelves and I pulled it off. This is a book I had started but hadn't finished, or at least it had been a long time since I had gone through it. And I pulled it off the bookshelf and I decided that this is going to be one of my very few books for 2020. Instead of buzzing through a book every week or every week and a half, I'm going to have just a very small few that I commit 
to turning into a practice and a pattern of behavior. And this is one of them. And I'll say, number one, I'll link to the book in the show notes, which you can find at primalpotential.com forward slash 712. The other thing, though, is if you are not a reader, try Audible because you're obviously a podcast listener. You can also listen to books. And you can get a free trial, a free 30-day trial of Audible. I love Audible. You can get a free 30-day trial as well as your first book free. And maybe this is the book that you get as your first book free. If you go to audibletrial.com forward slash primal potential. Audibletrial.com forward slash primal potential. And I will link to that Audible trial over on the show notes. So the book and the opportunity to get a free 30-day trial and a free book from Audible, I'll link both of those up on primalpotential.com forward slash 712. So this book, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living, I want to, I want you to read it, right? Especially if the accumulated yesterdays are slowing you down or the fearful tomorrows are slowing you down. So I'm not going to go through the majority of the book, but there are a few ideas in the first 20 or so pages that I wanted to share with you today so that you will turn them into a practice. I want to kick it off by reading just the first couple paragraphs of chapter one. They say, in the spring of 19... Nope, that's already wrong. (laughs) In the spring of 1871, a young man picked up a book and read 21 words that had a profound effect on his future. As a medical student at the Montreal General Hospital, he was worried about passing the final examination, worried about what to do, where to go, how to build up a practice, how to make a living. The 21 words that this young medical student read in 1871 helped him to become the most famous physician of his generation. He organized the famous John Hopkins School of Medicine. He became Regis Professor of Medicine at Oxford, the highest honor that can be bestowed upon any medical man in the British Empire. He was knighted by the King of England. When he died, two huge volumes containing 1,466 pages were required to tell the story of his life. His name was Sir William Osler. Here are the 21 words that he read in the spring of 1871, 21 words from Thomas Carlyle that helped him lead a life free from worry. Our main business is not to see what lies dimly at a distance, but to do what lies clearly at hand. Our main business is not to see what lies dimly at a distance, but to do what lies clearly at hand. Just a little bit more here. It says, 42 years later on a soft spring night when the tulips were blooming on the campus, this man, Sir William Osler, addressed the students of Yale University. He told those Yale students that a man like himself, who had been a professor in four universities, and had written a popular book, was supposed to have brains of a special quality. He declared that was untrue. He said his intimate friends know that his brain were of most 
mediocre, mediocre character. What then was the secret of his success? He stated that it was owing to what he called living in day-tight compartments. Living in day-tight compartments. I love that. I mean, so many things, right? Our main business is not to see what lies ahead, but to do what lies at hand. We don't have to be able to forecast out. We don't have to know what comes next. Our business is to do the next right thing, to make the choice immediately at hand that moves us forward. And then this idea of day-tight containers. I love it. What that means is we're living for this day. We're not bringing yesterday into it. We're not bringing tomorrow into it. I write about that at length in Chasing Cupcakes. Just deal with the day you're in. What you can do today, not what happened yesterday, not what you're thinking about in terms of tomorrow or a month from now or a year from now or how quickly you're going to get to the goal. Live in day-tight compartments, day-tight containers. This, guys, can be turned into a practice. In fact, this is how I started the changes that transformed my whole life. I would say to myself, just for today. Because prior to that, my practice was, okay, I'm on this new strict diet. Okay, I'm not going to have X, Y, Z for the next 60 days because I think that I can lose two pounds a week if I blah, 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 blah. Just for today. Just for today, I can say no to the donuts. Just for today, I can get to the gym. Just for this one day, I cannot hit the snooze button. Just for this one day, I can meditate. I'm not worried about if I'm going to keep it up every single day for the next six years. Living in daytight containers just for today. There are so many good one-liners in this book. Again, head over to the show notes primalpotential.com forward slash 712 because this is if this is something that you want to work on, this is a really great tool book. My goal is not to have you read something and feel wiser. My goal is for you to really turn it into a manual. One of the things the book says is shut off the past, shut out the yesterdays, which have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Yesterday doesn't have anything to do with it. At least 75% of the emails that I get from listeners, from clients, are fixated on the way things have been. Oh, the last two weeks, I've totally been out of it. I haven't been keeping my promises to myself. I don't know what's been wrong with me for the last few days. I fell off the wagon. Shut off the past. Shut out the yesterdays which have lighted fools the way to dusty death. When you are so fixated on how things have been in the last five years and all the times before that you've screwed up, all that's going to do is march you right towards the same old, same old. One of the lines that I added to my own journal and added to my calendar so that I see it uh, repeatedly throughout the year It says, the load of tomorrow added to that of yesterday, carried today, makes the strongest falter 
shut off the future as tightly as the past. The future is today. I mean, think about that. The load from yesterday and all of our yesterdays added to today, carried today, plus everything we're carrying for tomorrow in the future, it makes the strongest people falter. You're not weak. You're just carrying more than you need to carry. It's like the person who's insistent on getting all the grocery bags in one trip and then ends up like dropping them and the eggs all break and the milk spills all over the driveway. (laughs) It's got nothing to do with you. You were just carrying too much. When you're carrying tomorrow and yesterday and today, and for most people it's Many tomorrows and many yesterdays added to today, it makes the strongest falter. Shut off the future as tightly as the past because the future is today. Transformation is now, right? That was almost the title of my book, Chasing Cupcakes. Because it's not about what we're going to do a week from now. It's not about do I believe I can be consistent for the rest of my life. It is about right here, right now. Right here, right now. I wrote down one quote from the book that I will absolutely have in my house. I'm thinking over the French doors or, or somewhere in the dining room. I don't know, but it has to be in my house. It says, every day is a new life to a wise man or woman. This book was written, you know, a bajillion years ago. Let's not get hung up on the gender piece of it. Every day is a new life to a wise man. Every day. It's a blank slate. When we carry into this day, when we carry into this moment, where we've been and how we've thought and everything we've done wrong and everything we're worried about in the future, we've eliminated the blank slate that was this day. You can show up today and be positive. You can show up today and be proactive. You can show up today and take great care of yourself. Every day is a new life to a wise man. The book says the difference between good thinking and bad thinking is this. Good thinking deals with causes and effects and leads to logical, constructive planning. Bad thinking frequently leads to tension and nervous breakdowns. I mean, it's, it's true, right? What a lot of people panic about when I say, you know, just for today, or when we talk about living in daytight compartments, I say, well, I have to, I have to plan for the future. For sure, I agree in long-term clarity and knowing where you want to go. And the today is informed by what you're trying to achieve and accomplish downstream. The difference is, is it good thinking or bad thinking, right? Because good thinking leads to logical, constructive planning. Not emotional, not dramatic, not frenetic, not chaotic. Bad thinking is what leads to tension. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I will do it. I don't know if this is realistic. The book says that one of the most tragic things about human nature is that all of us tend to put off living. That's what happens when we worry. We're putting off living. 
We've created a reality just in our minds. It hasn't happened yet. We're not there yet. We've created this alternative reality in our minds, which means we aren't living the reality that is our actual life. In terms of tools, what do we do with this? Where do we go from here? It has tons of different strategies in the book. And again, I don't want to give it away because if this is something you struggle with, definitely not only read it, but use it as a tool and develop it as a practice. But this is actually something that my friend, this reason she brought up the book, um, when I was on the phone with her right before the holidays, she was sharing with me that when she was going through a particularly stressful time in her life and she was dealing with a lot of worry, her, her husband bought her this book. And one of the things that she really remembered most about it was that it has you consider, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? And then try to improve on that as a tool. What is the worst that can happen and how can I improve on that? Not just, all right, fine, I'm okay with the worst possible outcome, but this is the worst possible thing. How can I improve on that? So one of the things that we were talking about was, you know, my renovation not being done when the baby comes and having all these people in my house. And so many of you have messaged me and said, oh, the baby, all they need is love. This isn't about the baby. This is about me, right? <laughs> I don't feel like the renovation needs to be done for the baby. I want the renovation to be done for me. So she says, you know, what's the worst that happens? So it's not done and you have a construction crew full of people in your home when you have a newborn. I, I'm, there's so many options. I could get an Airbnb. I could stay with my mom. We could be in the apartment and we could get little, a little headset for the baby so that the construction noise isn't loud. There's so many things. We could tell them to stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? We could, we could just put it on hold. I don't like that option, but it's not about let me think of all the things that I love. It's just seeing that there are very many options. How can I improve on the worst possible scenario. Well, I could start looking at short-term winter rentals just so that I can have a couple backups. I can absolutely do that. That improves on the worst case scenario because then I'm no longer thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to come out, I'm going to come home with a newborn, I'm going to have my boobs out all day and there's going to be, you know, 14 guys walking through the house asking me questions 100 times a day. I can improve on that by just looking at and, and having a backup plan for a couple of, of short-term winter rentals, right? We can do that with anything, with absolutely anything. Ultimately, what this is about is something that we talk about constantly in the 12 Weeks to Transformation, something I write about at length in Chasing Cupcakes. Recognize when you're in the problem and shift to the solution get into the solution. Yes, you can absolutely stay in the problem, without a doubt. We all can. But when we're able to recognize, here I am spinning in the solution, in the problem, not getting anywhere, I know that I'm there. I know that I'm in the problem. The problem is not what I want. I'm going to turn my energy to the solution and take action there. This book talks about how confusion is often the chief cause of worry. It says that half the worry in the world is caused by people trying to make a decision before they have sufficient knowledge on which to base the decision. We just don't have all the facts. 
We have a few of the facts. We have our fears. We have our projections, but we don't have all the facts. As far as a tactical tool, one of the ones suggested in this book says that if you will devote your time to securing the facts in an impartial, objective way, the worries will usually evaporate in the light of knowledge. Now, the key to that is impartial and objective. I was going back and forth with a client the other day who was having a family situation, and she said of somebody in her family, she hates me. Well, frankly, she hates everybody. Okay, neither fact nor impartial nor objective. So not only do we want to get the facts, but we need to practice doing so in an impartial and objective way. And one of the ways to practice this, and the book goes into this in more detail, is to pretend you're getting them for somebody else. We had a situation in my family recently where somebody was uh, needing medical tests, right? So there was all of this speculation and conjecture like, oh gosh, what if it's this? And of course, because we love our family members, it can be tough to be impartial and objective because by nature, it is an emotional situation. But when you pretend you're doing it for somebody else, it's so much easier to say, hey, we don't know anything yet. If this were my friend, if this were a stranger on the street who's in the same exact situation, I get where you're going in terms of fear and what ifs and worst case scenarios, but let's just deal with the fact that we have no facts yet. And this is the path to getting the facts that we need. I love this idea. If we will devote our time to securing the facts in an impartial and objective way, the worries will usually evaporate in the light of knowledge. Bottom line, worry is not going to solve any of our problems. Get the facts, analyze the facts, come to a decision, and then take action. With this caveat that oftentimes we only want the facts that justify our actions. We only want the facts that justify how we feel. And that can mean that we overlook some of the more objective, impartial Fact, because we're telling the story we want to tell. One of the great lines in this book says, everything that is in agreement with our personal desires seems true, and everything that is not puts us into a rage. Ever been, ever been there? I have. You, you focus on, you cherry pick the facts that support your feelings, and everything else just makes you mad. But this can be a really great practice if you recognize about that about yourself. I certainly have with this renovation stuff. I can paint a picture of all the things that have gone wrong that justify my frustration, that justify my fears. But those are not the only facts because there's way more things that have gone right that have gone wrong. There's way more things that have come in on budget that have gone over budget. But sometimes... We focus on the things that are in agreement with how we want to see things and how we want to feel. Turn this into a practice of seeing things as if it was for somebody else. Because we're really good at that. You know, if we went over a friend's house and they were like, oh my gosh, this is a nightmare. And you'd be like, well, it seems like it's coming along. 
and and this is done and that's done and that's been done well or you know the the medical thing like well you just don't know yet sure you can go down the path of worst case scenario but you invented that because right now you don't know anything pretend that you're gathering facts for somebody else and I'll wrap up with my own personal favorite mantra as it relates to worry or fear and that is Fear is a liar because I create my results. That gets me out of the problem and into the solution because now I'm saying, well, if I don't like the way this is going, I better get my butt in gear and create a different outcome for this situation, for myself, for my life. And you have that opportunity too. Worry doesn't solve problems. In fact, worry creates problems. Not just problems with the situation we're worried about, but health problems, focus problems, energy problems, hormonal problems. And you can be aware that you worry too much and you'd love to worry less. Or you can remember that this is a year of action. And you can put some of these practices into place. And you can see every moment as a, of worry as an opportunity to think about it differently, to use these tools, to practice these strategies, and it can change your life. I do highly recommend How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. I will link to it in the show notes at primalpotential.com forward slash 712. If you're not a reader, consider Audible. I use it all the time because then I can listen when I'm in the shower. I can listen when I'm driving. I can listen when I'm cooking dinner or I'm cleaning the house. You can get a free trial to Audible and your first book free by going to audibletrial.com forward slash primal potential. audibletrial.com forward slash primal potential and I'll link that up in the show notes which you can find at primalpotential.com forward slash 712. Let's turn this into a practice and let's choose to make it a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.